Hey everybody, welcome to Crag Gals, the show where we are gals talking about crags. My name is Carolyn DeRosa, I'm a third year film major here at Penn State University, and I'm joined by my co-host Emma, and a brand new guest today. So let's start with Emma. Emma, how are you? Hello, I'm doing good. Finals week is about to start. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did finish all my final projects, so I really just have studying to yeah, do. So otherwise, here. feeling pretty good. How about you? Word, I'm... Yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> I don't even have that many finals. To, I only have two finals, but I have uh, projects and like mm. a bunch of like homework that I have not done yet, so I need to get it all done. Yeah. But yeah. And then we have our new guest. Who are you? Hello, my name is Macy. <laughs> I'm Macy. <laughs> Hello, guys. What's your major in your year? Um, I'm a second year mm-hmm. here at Penn State. Uh, my major is Agriculture Business Management. Mm. Um, <laughs> a lot of I get a lot of questions about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how did you end up here? Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and I have a minor in International Agriculture too, which is Ooh, very exciting. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, given that I will be studying abroad next mm-hmm. semester, Macy is taking over my role of co-host Woo! for next semester. Yeah. So, <laughs> we graciously welcome you on the podcast, and thank Woo. you for for being here and yeah. taking over that role. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I'm so excited. I know. It's I'm I'm excited too. Like I'm like <laughs> yes. Like when you said yes to like doing the podcast, I was like. Number one, it was like, oh my God, yes, I don't have to worry about finding like someone else. Oh, but yeah. I was also like, yes, Macy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that's so exciting. So, yeah, how long have you been climbing for, Macy? So, about like two years now. Okay. I honestly, I think I started like two summers ago. So, right. a little bit over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, about two years. So, where's your home gym? My home gym is in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, it's Climnasium. Yeah. The one and only. I love it there so much. (laughs) I still have to visit there. I'm hoping I can go over there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Macy and I are not too far from each other, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, we grew up probably an hour away from each other, 45 minutes. I don't think I even knew that. Yeah. I grew up in Easton, bro. Oh, yes. Yes. You you did tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not far at all. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Sweet. So yeah. And then, um, we also have JJ on the podcast for a bit today. JJ, how are you today? What's new? JJ's normally here, but that's okay. (laughs) I just kind of stopped by. But yeah, I'm doing great. I'm chilling. I don't have finals, so I'm living large. Just a lot of climbing and, I don't know, sleeping. Yeah, that's- (laughs) Doing JJ things. Doing JJ things. That's the life. And then um, today, for our spontaneous fun fact, we have what is your zombie apocalypse plan? Does anybody <laughs> want to start before I go into this? Um, so I would just like to preface this discussion by saying that Carolyn, for some reason, is maybe obsessed is an extreme word, but she's Whoa. kind of obsessed with talking about what your zombie apocalypse plan would be. No, obsessed is definitely the right word. <laughs> um, so I know, Carolyn, be, because of that, let's save you for last, because I know you okay. will go on and on and on and on and on and on about what you should do if a zombie apocalypse happens. So, Macy, what is your zombie apocalypse plan? All right. So, um, let's see. By the way, uh, for the context of the scenario, the zombies run. They do not walk. <laughs> they run? They run, Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. <laughs> um, damn. I think that I would probably try to get as far away as possible, number one. Green flag number one. <laughs> <laughs> Off the grid if I have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going far and wide to mm-hmm. like escape these people. Um, and, but before I have to do like, I, I think I'm going with a sheets run um, before. <laughs> before. <I can. laughs> Are you a um, sheets or a Wawa person? Sheets girl. <laughs> Wawa all the way. I might yeah. have to reconsider you being no on the judgment, but <laughs> Wawa. I mean, she's a Pennsylvania native. What do you expect? Yeah. I'm also a Pennsylvania native. Yeah, but you're like East Pennsylvania, which is oh, basically like East Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Go, go do your sheets run for the zombie apocalypse that comes next. Yeah, I'm doing my sheets run. I'm getting a new vehicle because new vehicle? I cannot be identified. Yes. And then- oh, this is good. <laughs> So, like, I'm literally going full ghost mode on the world. Like, goodbye. Would you throw your phone in a river? No. <laughs> so, will you fully be going ghost mode is the question. Then. I'll be getting a burner. Okay, there. That's flip fair. phone, actually. That's fair. <laughs> flip phone, forest cabin, sheets run. I think that's it. Okay. And and a weapon which of my choice would be a staff. Staff. Okay. Some She's javelin quirky. action. <laughs> She's so, quirky. Yeah, that's my plan. Word. That's 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 not a bad plan. Thank oh, you. The, the, sheet, the sheets run. I gave you like a B minus. Okay. Yeah. I what you- if I had said Wawa? Well, still a B minus. Carolyn has this thing where if you decide to go to a store first. 
it's immediately a no. Like you shouldn't be going to a store. Well, it's the well, first thing no, you do. Well, no, because Sheets isn't really a store. Like if you're going to a Sheets that doesn't have a gas station, that would be fine. If you go oh. to a Sheets that does have a gas station, you're a little bit fucked because everybody's gonna be trying to get gas. People are gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be a cornucopia. So it's more worse if you say, "Oh, I'm gonna go to Dick's Sporting Goods and I'm gonna go get me an AR-15." <laughs> no, you're 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 dying, my guy. <laughs> you're gone. You're gone. You're done. Um, Emma, what's your zombie apocalypse plan? I'll keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Number one, locate all of my loved ones. Number two, put all my climbing gear into my backpack. <laughs> Number three, put on my hiking boots. Number four, tell everyone else to put on their hiking boots. Walk into the woods, find a safe spot, and wait till it's safe to go collect supplies. I like that plan. That's a See, solid Emma's plan. smart. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Like, I like the whole plan with the whole climbing gear thing. Because, mm-hmm. like, okay, let's be real. If any one of us has a porter ledge... And just live on a porter ledge for the rest of your life. True. Like that's 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 a good point. You can my, just be like up above the zombies. My only thing with the porter ledge is that you have to find some way to come down. Like a porter ledge. The reason why roof is a red flag is because you usually cannot get down from a roof. But if you say porter mm. ledge, you can usually repel from a porter ledge. So if you can find a way to have a food source and a water source with a porter ledge, my God, you're set. You are set. <laughs> set. Um, um, I also have to like say that I like the part about grabbing your family first. Yeah, that was <laughs> Yeah, that's generally good. I mean, that's I, generally a good I, point. I personally wouldn't want to like just venture into the woods with a zombie apocalypse alone. Yeah. I mean, like whatever floats your boat, but me personally, I mean, it also kind of depends because you're like, what, two hours away from college? And if it happens here right now, like you're not going to drive two and a half hours first and then figure it out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> what about what about you, JJ? What yeah, is JJ, your, what's your plan? What's your plan? I mean, I was I was on board with the whole portal edge thing. I think that's a pretty good safe bet. I mean, probably find a dog. How are we gonna put the dog that's on the so portal good. edge? How are my we gonna dog, put the dog on the portal edge? My dog would make friends with the zombies. Yeah, your dog is also gonna shit on the portal edge. <laughs> <laughs> train the dog to not. Well, Leo, we're gonna train Leo. We're gonna train Leo to not shit on the portal edge. <laughs> He's a good dog. He's a good dog. Don't just, get me wrong. Just shit off the ledge. Just shit. Off to the side. <laughs> okay, you know what? You know what? Anyway, Emma's in charge. What, of what about you, Carolyn? My, I, I know you're ready for this. My plan is to pack up my my stuff, pack up all my climbing gear. Um, I do have a bow. Um, so I would Ooh. I would take the bow with me. And uh, my grandfather was also a bow hunter, so I guess I'd like I don't know harness my 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 family ancestry Jeez. and just <laughs> bow hunt. <laughs> um, but I would definitely because we're in the middle of nowhere, I would definitely like go out to the woods um and make like a little shelter, try to keep in contact with everybody who I know and just like figure out where everybody is and then wait until like the like the initial stages pass and then figure out what we're gonna do. Um so my my plan is solely get things, go in the woods Try not to be in like big populated areas and just have something for self defense and wait. Okay, so we know that Carolyn's weapon is a bow mm-hmm. and arrow. Mm-hmm. Macy's is a staff. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Me, um, oh yeah. What's your what's you know, your you know weapon? that weapon from Shang Chi? Um, the one that Shaolin um, uses, the one with the rope dart, the rope in the. Oh yeah 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna take forever to master, and there's gonna be so many scars from that. Um, <laughs> but if you master that and you're on a portal edge, dude, you're in the clear. Yeah. yeah that's Emma, true. what's your weapon of choice for the zombie apocalypse? Oh dear. Um. I really don't know. Would Maybe. you go? Would you go melee or would you go something something else? Probably like long range. Long range. That's yeah. a good. That's mm-hmm. a good bet. I like that. Something that I can make from wood. So probably a bow or something. Mm, yeah. I think a bow yeah. is smart. The reason why I'm so obsessed with zombie apocalypse is because my favorite games of all time are the zombie or the are the Last of Us series, um, which Emma and I are playing through right now. Always, always been, and also I, I love escapism. So. <laughs> That's the creative writer in her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. On to our climbing news then. So for our climbing news, we have a little bit of a sadder update um, regarding um, El Nazarkabi. Um, if you guys were not present during our um, previous episode, we did actually talk about the horrific situation surrounding surrounding El Nazarkabi. 
um, in our previous episodes. But if you haven't watched it, um, here's a quick recap. Basically, Elnaz Rakabi is an Iranian climber who is under house arrest due to not performing um, with the Iranian state-mandated hijab during the Boulder and Weed final in the 2022 IFSC Asian World Championship. And this has caused a lot of controversy in Iran because um, over the last couple of months, um, the people of Iran have been protesting the government due to the death of Masa Amini, who was killed by Iran's morality police because she was wearing her hijab too well in public. And this has caused a lot of outrage in the public over people um, basically wanting the choice whether or not to wear the hijab and also be under the um, the kind of like um, not total the totalitarian state of Iran essentially. Um, and a few days ago, um, the BBC released an article pointing um, to a video that shows Rakabi's home um, demolished. Um, essentially um, and in the video you can also see her brother um, Davud crying and covering his face in the video so this came as a pretty not like as a pretty big shock to the climbing community but I guess I say it was a shock honestly I thought she was gonna die before they demolished her whole house which is scary that a fact that a government can even do that but terrifying yeah and didn't you mention Carolyn that BBC was unable to confirm the exact time that the house was destroyed so yes we can Mm -hmm. make assumptions that it was correlated we actually don't have clear true evidence that this was the reason correct why the house was um, demolished but again Mm -hmm. um, when this whole situation originally happened um, there there clearly was a lot of media about this Mm -hmm. and um we then didn't hear anything for a while, and mm-hmm. so we had figured that she was home safe. And then, you know, when this was brought back up, um, I think it did. I mean, I know it took me for for a shock for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So the BBC can't confirm that the video, if the video was taken before or after Rakabi competed, um, but also a semi. And like this is according to the BBC article as well. Quote a semi official news agency Tasneem. End quote. Um, has alleged that while the house was demolished, it wasn't due to Rakabi's hijab, but due to the family not having a valid permit. There's a lot of speculation going on in this story, but at the same time, it's regardless, Onaz Rakabi's house is gone um, after this situation. So I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts, I guess? I'm, I-, I have no say because I'm not a professional and I don't really know too much about like the situation. But like the way that I'm hearing it right now, like, the whole like they don't have a permit in quotes like I'm finding that hard to believe like yeah really I'm mm-hmm. also finding the permit aspect of this really hard to believe um and especially the fact that like the Iranian government has done things like this before to um like professional athletes mm-hmm. um that have like gone against the Iranian government mm-hmm. um like I just don't think it makes any sense yeah it, yeah I agree with you Macy like it just regardless of whether or not this video was taken before or after or whether or not it was because of the permit it seems like there's so much surrounding this story that we just truly don't know about the situation and honestly i think that makes it tons more Mm -hmm. scary because yes there is like there is some truth that like we're not hearing and we literally cannot find it anywhere emma what are your thoughts yeah no i I agree with all that i think like i mentioned the last time we talked about this story it's very hard to uh, well, I'll say it's very easy to to draw conclusions, but I think we also do have to be wary of the fact that that we we have to be wary of where we get our our news from, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. And so, again, I'm not at all supporting what has happened mm-hmm. in Iran and to El Nazrakabi, but I think it is worth coming at the story with a bit of skepticism from all sides, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone truly knows what happens, and that in itself is an issue. I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think the fact that there's no clear evidence as to like what exactly is going on is not only like the need for skepticism must be brought to the table but at the same time like it's just terrifying like the the fact that you can't find out anything regarding this poor woman and the fact that like she's in our community as climbers like we want nothing more obviously we want nothing more for our sport to become more popular but the fact that it's pop like it's becoming pop not popular but at least more talked about because of this i find extremely um discomforting and if not angering, but yeah, go ahead. JJ. I also find it kind of wild that like it is a Western perspective and that's one of the closest sources and most reliable sources that we can give right now because yeah. the Iranian government isn't the most reliable thing in regards mm, to no. giving things and accurate accounts of for things that are happening and reasons and just like that. But at yeah. the same time though, the West also does have also a skewed perception of things going on because 
of situations and they've done this with other countries as well Correct. but like yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of just like it's just very uncomfortable that we don't know anything and mm-hmm. information that we do know we have to just genuinely question on like is this accurate or like mm. yeah exactly so yeah i also like i find it interesting like carolyn you brought up the point of um how she had tried to like say how um before she did her speed climbing um, or weed climbing or i'm sorry her lead climbing um event like she had tried to say that she didn't have time to put her hijab on yeah it's basically she, basically what she said was like something had happened and the hijab essentially came off yeah i was like but i also Hello? don't think that like you would think with all the other protests going on that she would do it in protest so yeah. that also doesn't really add up to me yeah i think there's just a lot of things that we don't really know in regards to rakabi's actual thoughts we don't know her actual home situation a lot of news sources other than the bbc have been claiming that her apology for her hijab has been forced um but we don't know these things until we hear it from el naza's mouth when she's not under the threat of an iranian an iranian or sorry a totalitarian state essentially so yeah that's pretty much the news um we will keep you guys updated in terms of if we hear anything else um in regards to el naza's situation also i believe since the um since this article has released i believe there's another article around saying that the iranian government has decided to disband the morality police who knows what it will become but you know that's the news for today um so yeah And then on to our weekly climbing accident. Uh, we found this, but we found this, I don't, this story <laughs> is one of those ones where you just see and you're like, what, what like the what's actual, going on? yeah, 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 yeah. This is one of those, like, I almost wish that it didn't happen kind yeah. of stories. And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. disclaimer, everyone is fine. Yes. Like, kid, someone is injured, but mm-hmm. everyone lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it has to do with a kid and, and kids climbing mm-hmm. and that you know is a is an interesting discussion in itself in terms of what kids should and should not be able to do in a gym and wall climbing there's yep. there's a lot to unpack with it there's a lot to unpack so our story comes from actually inside edition which is a super popular um media source and obviously not the most reliable um but it's super popular a lot of people have actually read a lot of stories from inside edition um so it was released on november 17th 2022 um, where Aaron and Gideon Brewer recorded their eight-year-old son George um, reaching the top of an illuminated, an illuminated wow, an illuminated qual- climbing wall in the Navy Pier in Chicago. Um, so, if you guys don't know, the Navy Pier is a pretty um, kind of like an amusement park kind of attraction in Chicago. I've never been there before, but I've it's pretty cool. There's like a Ferris wheel. Oh, you've been there before? Yeah, I have. It's oh, like okay. it's like boardwalk vibes, yeah, but yeah. freezing and chilly because it's Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, essentially a boardwalk in Chicago. Um, and I guess recently they had a little climbing wall um, exhibition there where it has like little like light up holds. They're basically jugs essentially. And, um, what it looks like on at least what it's supposed to look like is that there's supposed to be an audible um, in which people can just get in a harness attached to the audible come to the top with the little climbing wall and probably pay like $10, you know, for the Mm -hmm. whole thing. Um, so yeah, this story kind of covers, We've talked about Audible's. We've talked about um, some stuff in our our podcast regarding these types of accidents. But basically what happened to George is that he climbed all the way up um, to the climbing wall, which is 24 feet, according to the video, fell off the climbing wall, or I guess jumped because he reached the top, and then fell free fell 24 feet um, and landed on the concrete floor. It's um, awful. Yeah, it's, I'm not playing the video. If you want to go look for the video, it's linked in our notes because that's the only way to really link it, but um, link the article essentially. But yeah, you can, it's not a fun video. Like the kid, everything's very happy. He's like slamming the top of the wall and then all of a sudden he comes down and then there's screaming and George's parents say that he was wearing a harness Um, and in the video, it does actually show him wearing a harness, but you can clearly see there's no audible attached to him. Um, And... Basically, before I guess before anyone realized the the, the kid was coming down at nine point eight meters per second squared, you know. So, 
thankfully George survived. Um, he has a lot of broken bones, and according to the article, he also has a concussion and underwent three surgeries. Um, now he's able to walk again um, using a walker, and um, the Navy Pier is actually facing a lawsuit um, because of the scenario. So I don't know. What do you What do you guys think in terms of in terms of this? So I mean, my first initial reaction to this is. The fact that it was an auto belay yeah. accident, you could say, um, or the the lack of an auto belay accident, um, and you know, furthering this idea of the fact that this was not an actual climbing gym that this happened at. This happened at like a freestanding light up climbing wall in the dark. Yeah, so essentially, it, it is nighttime and this wall is lit up. So, I mean, for example, when when climb Nittany closes the gym for the headlamp bouldering sessions yep. all top rope and big wall climbing are closed yep. for the fact that it is dark and if you don't clip in or tie in your knot properly that you could be bad mm-hmm. um and so i mean i guess my first question is why is there a lit up climbing wall in the dark mm-hmm. on the navy pier in chicago mm-hmm. um and it is likely i mean this is obviously just a guess on my part but it is likely that because it is not a full a full freestanding climbing gym that there was you know, likely not people who are fully educated on the ins and outs of climbing with auto belays mm-hmm. who are working the wall that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on Must that be. note, there's got to be like some type of regulations and safety requirements in order to be able to like send someone up 24 feet for a say. And like, it's, it's just like, I'm so confused about the story because like watching the video, like gruesome graphic warning advised um but like watching the video you don't see the auto belay so i'm yeah, kind of confused you don't on see it. where yeah. it is like like the kid is climbing up this thing and there's no auto belay attached to him he's not realizing that no one else is realizing that like it's just a weird situation where like you could blame the peer but you could also blame the child or what? the parents as well yeah, yeah. mary or macy what do you think i don't know why i just called you mary <laughs> <laughs> no you're good i've been having a weird speaking day all day so <laughs> Go ahead, Macy. Don't worry about it. I like my main concern here is honestly like the lack, like the the thing that st- struck me the most was like the lack of padding on the on the floor. Yeah, there was none of it, and it's mm-hmm. a concrete floor, and mm-hmm. that is like one of the first things to risk management yeah. in climbing. Like those are your essential basic ne- needs mm-hmm. for climbing. Yeah, whether you're indoors, outdoors, mm-hmm. like it doesn't matter. That is one of the first things you do. So that made me like. That was really off-putting. Like, yeah. I was like, how is there no padding on the floor? Yeah. And then also just the lack of like aware- awareness because yeah. of obviously those people working there did not know what they were doing. And I don't know how you can put somebody in charge that is not familiar with the sport. Yeah. It's like it or doesn't. You don't even have to be familiar with the sport even. I would just say you just have to be familiar of risk management. Yes. Obviously, if you're going up 24 feet in the air and if you come down, if you, if you land on... A uh, 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 concrete surface mm-hmm. at 9.8 meters per second squared, you're gonna have some broken bones. Yeah. You're gonna have some like, cute little fractures, right? It doesn't make any sense that that someone mm-hmm. either didn't clip the kid in. It doesn't make sense that the parents didn't say like, "Wait, stop! My child is climbing 24 feet in the air," mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, like that's just fine. Like I know for me, I guess maybe because I'm a climber, I realize. The risk associated with going up so high, even in the boat, even in 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 mm-hmm. our own climbing gyms, right. people have you know pretty severe injuries if they come down and just land the wrong way on a padded floor, mm-hmm. only sixteen feet in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. so it's it's really it's weird. It's such a weird story. The fact that either the pier isn't. It sounds like both the pier, the pier is definitely negligible. I would say in this case, and I think also some of the blame has to go to the parents as well. Yeah, I can't blame the kid. He's eight years old. Any any eight year old does not give a shit with <laughs> when they're climbing a twenty four foot wall. They feel like they're invincible, right? Yeah. He's slamming the wall. He's having a good time, right? And then that good time was ruined by people not doing their job, essentially. I will and, say oh, go ahead. Also, pretty cool that like this kid, like he had a lot of potential for climbing because like, oh, he's one of those kids that like. When he got to the top, he was very willing to just jump down. Like, oh, yeah. When I get to the top of climbs, I'm still hesitant to jump down. To be oh, yeah. Even on <laughs> Audible A's today, like, I have to climb down a little bit before I'm confident that the the, the Audible A will catch me, right? Yeah. It just, it just like, it seems weird. It yeah. just does not seem right. But, yeah. And according, um, the Navy Pier is alleging that, um, according to the incident report that was filed shortly after everything happened, which... 
is weird because there was clearly staff there to fill out an incident report, but then someone obviously did not take the chance to make sure that this kid was um, in. Um, the incident report said that, um, according to the article, that uh, the Navy Pier said that the kid could not go on the... Um, Oh my gosh, he could not go on the audible and he did so anyway. Um, and the parents are alleging that is not true. Um, so we'll have to follow the story a little bit more, see if the um, lawsuit comes of anything, because um, this can actually be probably a pretty big factor for not only um, entertainment or amusement industries um, to be able to have those little climbing walls in their facilities. For example, like I was one of those kids who used to do that. Every time I saw one of those little climbing walls, with the Audubon's, I begged my parents for $20 to be able to go up on those things. And I went to the top every time with my little sneakers and my little harness on, right? Mm-hmm. But this could also have a pretty big impact on climbing gyms as well. Like what are the what are the risk regulations coming along with how this lawsuit plays out to make sure that gyms can protect themselves against lawsuits like this? So, yeah, we we'll just have to see what, what happens in the future. Hopefully, George um, has a full recovery soon. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So, the eggnog of this podcast. Our favorite climbing movies. The eggnog. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, Carolyn, why did you name this section the eggnog well, of the podcast? Well, at Climate the other day, um, I obviously I worked there, but... Um, we had eggnog in the fridge, and it was obviously not an alcoholic. Um, but we didn't obviously, have any. We did not have course. any creamer in in the fridge. Oh, um, no. So we had like a little thing of fair life milk and some eggnog. So I just made a concoction of the two with three uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, zero calorie sugars and <laughs> sweeteners. Sweeteners, zero calorie sweeteners, and. I I was in heaven. I'm not gonna lie, shit. that sounds really good. It was so <laughs> I don't so like milk, good. so I don't know if I would have liked. I it. don't like milk either. I'm lactose intolerant, <laughs> but I needed something. I can't just have bitter inside of me. It's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> exactly. Like I'll have a little bit of summer cramp and then I'll get over it. So yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, that's why this episode is called the eggnog. Didn't you have something regarding eggnog, Emma? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, there's a there's a snowball stand near near where I live called the Snowball Shack or something like Ooh. that. Uh, and they have an eggnog flavor, and it is bright orange, like oh. nuclear orange. Oh my god! And it, the first time I ever tried eggnog flavored anything was mm-hmm. in that. It, it was in that um, snowball, oh no. and it was it was actually pretty good. Okay, that's good. I don't remember what eggnog tastes like outside of that, though. I keep so. I, every year. I have to remind myself what eggnog yeah. tastes like. They actually had it at the dining hall the other night. They did. And I'm not gonna lie, I it was really that. good. Was it good? It was really good. But the thing with eggnog is it's so fifty fifty. Like sometimes oh, I drink it, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, this shit's fire. But other times mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah. wow, I. No more sips, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emma, have you had, because we're both 21 now, yes. you can actually talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> Macy, you can't. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> have you had alcoholic uh, eggnog yet or no? I th- I mean, given the fact that I haven't had eggnog in a couple of years, probably not. I don't remember. Mm. I don't know if I've sipped any, but I don't think what so. What do you mean you don't remember if you've drank an alcoholic eggnog? How do you not <laughs> remember this? <laughs> I don't. I just, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I've never had it, so I think that's something that we'll probably have to endeavor when we're <laughs> now that we're twenty one. I've never had it. Yeah, you'll have to wait a bit, kid, <laughs> child. When do you turn? What year do you turn twenty one? I turned twenty one August twenty sixth of my senior year. Of your senior? Oh, so you're, yeah. not, you're not even twenty yet. <laughs> you're not no, even 20 oh, okay. I'm nineteen. I oh turned. Oh my gosh, yeah. dude! I know. I turned twenty this August. My god! And I'll be a junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's younger yeah. for sure. That's like that's cruel. That is cruel. So I can't talk about I can't talk about alcohol for like an entire. I'm so six sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, so we're gonna be talking about our favorite climbing movies today. Um, as a film major, I find climbing movies have been some of my biggest inspiration in the sport. Um, and it's something that I've actually considered leaning into in terms of my career. So I thought it would be a really good idea, um, especially with Macy on the show now, to kind of, you know, break her feet into the water and just kind of like also myself get a little bit geeky with terms of the movie industry and the film industry to talk about movies. Um, so we're going to be talking about our favorite movies and we will be mentioning Free Solo at the end. So if you would like to skip the part about Free Solo, you can wait until the end of this podcast. Oh, um, Free, free Solo? Like, <laughs> you, you've seen the movie? You know, with wait. like Alex, Alex Honnold? Wait, like you climb? Have you seen it? Like... <laughs> 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 oh, say, say, what are you going to say, Emma? Say it. Do you rock climb? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know who Alex Honnold is? 
So like, so like, like, do you like climb without a without a rope or something? <laughs> or like, yes, actually, I do. No, um, I don't. I don't. My, yeah, it's called bouldering. My mom, I sent her a video. I'm gonna tell the story real quick. I sent her a video of me climbing, like for my lead test. And she was like, thank you for using the harness. Because every time I send a picture of me bouldering, <laughs> she's like, Mira, why don't you wear the harness? Like, come on. Like, it's dangerous. And I'm like, and she was like, you, you can have anything, like, you know, better. And I was like, mom, if I wear she, We were at the climb. We were at the sport rock competition. She was like, wear a harness. And I was like, mom, I cannot Listen. wear a harness. I, I will literally never forget, like, the whole situation at sport rock and how, like, we were all, frankly, trying to figure out what was going on. Like, when when we start for the comm. When and I'm just yelling at my mom. The and then Carolyn Randall comes up to me and just goes, um, my mom's trying to make me wear a harness for this <laughs> talk. And I'm just like, this is... Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, we will be talking about free solo. But yeah, um, who wants to start out first? Emma, do you want to start out first? Yeah, sure. So one of my all-time favorite climbing movies is a movie by Sender Films um, called Valley Uprising. Anyone who has a real rock, a login, um, can watch it on there. Um, so Valley Uprising is essentially about the history of rock climbing um, as seen through Yosemite Valley and then therefore the larger U.S. Um, culture that of, of, of rock climbing and how it developed through the decades. Can we also just mention the soundtrack on that film? Oh, oh yeah. Chef's Kiss. And that's, that's another thing. Yeah, I, I can definitely talk about that. Um, but yeah, overall, um, I'm not going to give away... Not that there are spoilers, given that it's history, but <laughs> yeah, there I, will be, I, I won't there will really be no spoilers. Yeah. Um, so generally, this this movie goes through um, three different eras. Um, you got your your golden age of climbing, which is the '60s and early '70s, where you have um, kind of the original, really big names in climbing, such as Royal Robbins and Warren Harding. Um, these men would set up. Um, big routes on big walls and mm-hmm. they were the first to ever do it and it was mm-hmm. um primarily done through aid climbing which we had yep. a bit of a discussion on a previous mm-hmm. podcast carolyn um but at that point the gear hadn't really evolved to do things like free climbing yep. and so most of the the multi-pitch climbing and track climbing that was done was aid mm-hmm. um and then you kind of get into um 70s 80s and you have the stone masters um this group were kind of the apprentices of the big names of the um, of the golden age, and they kind of come into their own in the you know late seventies, early eighties. That time, um, men like Jim Bridwell and um, John Long, uh, you know, a bunch of names like that. John Backer, um, who is a very famous free soloist, mm-hmm. um, again among a ton of other names that I'm I'm just not remembering right now. Um, this time of climbing in Yosemite Valley was very interesting because free climbing gear was coming out. Yeah. So you were more likely to see people bouldering um, and you were more likely to see people who would free climb a wall with no aid to push the boundaries of what could be climbed. Um, yeah. Doing so opened up a ton more really hard routes yeah. to climb mm-hmm. and it it kind of, you know, spread across the U.S. after that, right? Pretty like, much, yeah. Um, competition started to happen. Um, you know, climbers became in the media spotlight with ads and mm-hmm. and various news outlets, were, like, reporting on what they were doing. Um, and I, I guess you could say the Stone Masters era was when climbing really hit its big boom in the U.S., mm-hmm. um, and then kind of moving into our generation now. Um, they call themselves the Stone Monkeys, um, uh, this includes people like Tommy Caldwell and Alex Honnold, um, men who, men and women now, mm-hmm. fortunately, um, who are in the Yosemite climbing scene, who are you know setting up things like speed records or yeah. pushing limits all the way up to the 15s on mm-hmm. the Yosemite decimal system. I think I just think Valley Uprising is a really cool movie about how climbing has evolved, how it it has impacted the community, mm-hmm. and how. It has changed from what coming was like in the beginning of Yosemite's history to now. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you guys seen Valley Uprising at all? I'm I sure if you're friends with yet. me, you've probably seen it. I have not. Oh, you haven't? I, I actually have not seen it either. But um, after you talking about it, I would really like to see it. Yeah, yeah so we got to have definitely. a crack gals like sleepover night. Yeah, <laughs> little <laughs> sleepover party. <laughs> Here he goes again. Emma made me watch it. <laughs> it was really good, though, so I, I'm not mad about it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And like JJ said, the soundtrack is completely fire. Yeah. It's so good. And I'll, I'll get more into that when I talk about how this movie has impacted me. But um, So I actually heard about Valley Uprising from a 
staff member that worked at my home gym, um, Earthtrex, which mm-hmm. is now movement, but will forever be Earthtrex in my brain. Um, <laughs> uh, employee at Earthtrex um, recommended me this movie um, when I was about a year into climbing. So still relatively new. I didn't have a ton of knowledge. I was not lead climbing. I really wasn't boring. Yeah. I was still kind of hitting, you know, the, the low tens, maybe maybe five nines. Yeah. Um, so definitely still getting into the sport. And this, this employee... Um, recommended the movie to me and I mm-hmm. ended up finding it on Amazon Prime Video and I watched it and I just remember like immediately becoming engrossed and engulfed into how the climbing world is and the lifestyle behind it and what climbing can bring you from both a mental and physical health aspect, yeah. um, what the community can give you and the fun and adventure that comes with this, this sport. Um, yeah. And, you know there's that quote that's you know going around and that's like wow well this is going to be my personality for the rest of my life um and i i truly feel like watching this movie has defined my interest and my personality and how i want to move through life now as a climber um so definitely it for, for me at least the most influential climbing movie that i've seen um, you know, even down to the soundtrack, right? Like yeah. I, I keep coming back to this, the movie, the, the music is just so good in it. And you know, if you have seen Valley Uprising and you love it as much as I do, people bond over the music. Cause it's yeah. just like, Oh, that's that Valley Uprising song where they mm-hmm. cliff jumped. Right. And it's, it's just, there's a lot of fun and a lot of adventure in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it basically taught me that it is important to find things you love, go at those things with your, with your full heart, Mm -hmm. you know, be passionate about the things that you like to do. Um, and that life is just about chasing adventure as much as it's about working hard for Mm -hmm. that adventure to become a reality. So, Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. yeah awesome i would definitely wake, i definitely wake now because i'm personally a really big fan of music soundtracks as one of my minors is music technology um and i do believe that audio is actually one of the biggest enhancers that can make or break a film mm-hmm. um and especially with rock climbing like there's so much folly work and so much probably like individual sound design that goes into um a film that really can enhance it um that i personally pay a lot of attention to yeah that's actually um, a really good point carolyn now that i'm um, remembering this a lot of the clips that they used mm-hmm. um a lot of the audio clips they used in valley uprising um given that a lot of the video footage from the 70s had no audio it was very on, yeah. on old school film mm-hmm. um they actually used sounds from a different video yeah and probably they, like, like a sound brought library. it in and, yeah and mm-hmm. yeah and they like they basically generated sounds for the movie mm-hmm. you know what what old gear would sound like for example yeah like um, a piton or something right exactly yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah. um in that sense like the sound engineering is definitely really cool in this mm-hmm. movie yeah i definitely want to watch i don't yeah. i want to watch it now i want to see what like Me what too. they did for like the pitons and like yeah. even something as little because i know like especially in something <laughs> we're going to talk about later but free soul free soul uses a lot of um, sound design to emphasize how little like the how like how grainy like the rock can be and how precise Alex Honnold has to be on the on the walk but we'll get we'll get to that later and can we can we get a counter on how many times we mentioned free solo before we <laughs> free solo? I'll, add it, I'll add it later yeah but yeah and even then like I I just don't know all that much about the history of climbing so mm-hmm. like just to see how it's been like catalyzed through time and like yeah to to see where it is now and to see how we got oh, there yeah. like i would love to see that so yeah definitely sorry i'm like i got like two hours of sleep last night <laughs> on awesome that, on that note though um my favorite film um break on through with margot hayes Ooh. Um, she's an american climber um she goes on this like great thing where she um climbs la rambla in spain mm-hmm. and then biogra- biography oh, in biography. france um, mm-hmm. And it's just this very inspirational film. It's a very short film, only mm-hmm. like 25 minutes, no more than 30, um, of her just like defying the odds and just being this like American climber that not many people knew too much about. And then all of a sudden she's not only like climbing this in like really hard route, she's succeeding at it and doing a lot better than a lot of the men that was there. And it's mm-hmm. just like the fact that she was like one of the first, I believe the first man, woman to be able to climb La Rambla or biography if I yeah. watch the film to find out um, it's kind of just really inspiring just to watch this and just see it happen and just see like the determination the drive and like, mm-hmm. the capabilities of like women are just as strong as men if not stronger mm-hmm. and like it's just very inspirational and it's just the fact like if she could do it so can I it's like yeah. that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, of course I don't apply because I'm not 
a woman, but like, or I don't identify mm-hmm. as a woman, but like the fact that like it's still just as inspirational for me, just like I can only imagine how it feels for like a young girl that watching yeah. this film just being like, wow, mm-hmm. that's fucking insane. Like, mm-hmm. that could be me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot of movies that we watch in climbing like can relate to us and like we can be like, wow, mm-hmm. like that can be me one day. But yeah. yeah. Macy, what is your movie? So, I've seen this one. Yes, I am so excited to be talking about this movie. I love it. It's mm-hmm. 14 Peaks. Um, if you don't know, it is a movie that's like, it's based on mountaineering. Obviously, mountaineering involves a lot of climbing yep. um, and climbing techniques. Um, but it's about a Nepali climber or mountaineer named Nimsdai Perja. In the, in the movie, he goes by Nims. And just kind of about his experiences and his crew. And he shows a lot of representation of the capabilities of Nepali um, mountaineers and the climbing community there because they really don't have have as much um, recognition mm-hmm. in the media as Western climbers do. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's just trying to not only do something for himself, for himself, but also for Nepali. Um, yeah. So he attempts to summit all of the world's 14, 8,000 meter peaks in seven months, seven months, which is insane because the fastest it has ever been done is in seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously a lot of people tell him that this is impossible. You're never mm-hmm. going to do it. Um might as well not even try sort of attitude. Yeah. Um, yes, JJ. I actually, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I actually remember us talking about this um, film and the fact that I fell asleep. I also this. fell what? asleep during... No, it's because we were really tired that day. <laughs> yeah, okay. we, So one we of did. our one of our new segments that we did earlier on the podcast was about how a woman almost broke the record but couldn't get mm. entrance into China oh, for wow. like political reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were trying to like recount what happened in the movie and... Like no, literally no one could remember. Oh my gosh! Most people had fallen asleep. It was like it was I, funny for context. It was midnight, which is way past my bedtime personally. Mm-hmm, JJ's here. bed bedtime was around roughly midnight. No, mm-hmm. Emma's a night like owl. PM. Let's be real. Yeah, Patrick <laughs> is a night owl. Chris is a night. Owl. Everybody else was awake except me and me and. Okay, baby. so what I'm hearing is we're gonna have a rewatching party. We are gonna have a rewatching <laughs> let's party. Let's do it. Okay, good. So, yeah, basically, um. He says that nothing is impossible. That's why he called this project Project Possible, Mm -hmm. um, which I just think is like the most amazing title. Um, And uh, yeah, he basically dropped everything, took months to get funding, didn't see his wife, didn't see his family, put full and total commitment into this for seven months. Mm -hmm. Um, He faced so many challenges along the way, and you get to see them all in the movie, which is really cool. if I remember correctly from the times that I was awake, mm-hmm. um, I remember like it's not only just climbing about the 14 peaks, it's also like the heroism that he's done and the yes. actions that he's also done. And just like he's just a very good person overall. He and is. Not only that, he's just a very fun environment person kind of thing to be around. And it's just, oh, yeah. it just made, made it so much more inspirational and so yeah. much more fun. Yeah. Like during their journey, he had, um, he had saved numerous people along the way Mm -hmm. and um it kind of comes from his background in the military Mm -hmm. like he um he lives under like the idea that he leaves nobody behind yeah and Mm -hmm. so he didn't like it was just very inspirational in that Mm -hmm. way and then as jj said look they also just had fun yeah like (laughs) like (laughs) they drank and like you know would wake up with hangovers and be like all right we got to climb this eight thousand meter mountain point like i (laughs) i tried to summon a mountain mm-hmm. completely not under the influence of anything and it was hard mm-hmm. and these people are now hung over or maybe mm-hmm. even under the influence and they're still going up and yeah. I'm like mm-hmm. um so we're going into a death zone mountain here are we really <laughs> sure this is the best way to do that yeah like can you imagine like trying to do that with like a raging headache mm-hmm. like oh my, oh my god I can't even just like having like the spins I can't imagine oh, so bad <laughs> but um yeah so only a, a handful of people have done this have summited these 14 peaks um Mm -hmm. and like if you look at it one mountain is usually a two-month project do you know which one oh is that like each mountain for each oh i see i see so like think about that and then think about it in the time that he did it in yeah he climbed some of them in like one day yep Mm -hmm. yep that's insane to me um so he had a lot of physical emotional financial stresses during this whole time yeah you have to deal with altitude sickness Mm -hmm. um 
there are hallucinations due to yeah. the altitude. Like, yeah, yeah that's that haste, right? Mm-hmm. It's high altitude, haste. Yeah. high altitude cerebral edema or something. Yes, like that. yes, that's exactly what it is. So it's like basically distortions of reality because you are so high in altitude. Yeah, um, and it makes it very hard to function. And they do actually a really good job of showing this in yeah, the movie. Yeah, they did it like in an animation, right? Yeah, they did. I was, I was awake for that part of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's like this snow monster. Yeah, and like, yeah. And it ended up being like a, a lost climber, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was like really cool um mm-hmm. to see that i mean haste is not cool but it was the editing yeah. and the mm-hmm. like the film the cinematography that's what i was said that's was that that was the word i was thinking of <laughs> it was not coming to my head yeah but yeah um so and as i said he crosses many fallen climbers and yeah. helps them mm-hmm. out um and he had so many accomplishments because of this like i said um, the recognition that he got, um, he proved that it was in fact possible. He was determined. He persevered through so many challenges. Yeah. He was very heroic and generous. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, I just want to talk about like the views at the top of the mountain. Like those are once in a lifetime. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's oh, crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, but I would say the biggest thing that I learned from this is that it's all about your mindset. Um, mm-hmm. Like every, everything is about mindset. Um, you have to be willing to fail you have to believe that you can do it. If you don't believe that you can do it, you won't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like things no, like it that. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I actually agree with that. With the whole like mindset thing, like climbing is such a big mindset game. It is kind of thing because like if you're not feeling good and you're not like in the right mindset, all of a sudden you go down one, two, maybe even three grades. And yeah, kind of just yeah. like in the slump of just like why am I do- mm-hmm. not doing so well? Like I know I'm strong enough, but right. it's just it's literally just because of mindset. But it's then like also, believing in yourself. It goes, yeah, it goes the other way on how like if you think that you can do it, you might not get it the first time and you might fall because climbing is falling 80% of the time unless you're free soloing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. Other than that, like, like, it's just a matter of getting back up. Yeah. And if I remember, I watched this during a time where I was kind of at a plateau and like, Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. like, what am I doing like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. why am I plateauing right now yeah yeah like, exactly I don't have to be like mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, yeah so it, it was it was a huge motivation for me I'll yeah say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right Before awesome getting into Carolyn's um I'm dipping okay, okay. <laughs> bye friends bye friend bye. have a bye, good JJ. one <laughs> So my movie is um, Arteric Presents Free As Can Be. Um, it is a actually a short film, um, and it's available on YouTube for free if you would like to watch it. Um, Arteryx is a... I don't know exactly. No, I think they're a production company. No, um, Arcteryx is like North Face or Patagonia. Oh, I they're see. They're like I see. A, a, a clothing brand that also, I guess, makes films. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So yeah, this is presented by Arcteryx, um, which I guess is a clothing brand. Mm-hmm. Um. I have to check them out. But basically, um, it's a short film about um a climber, two climbers named Jordan Cannon and Mark Houdon. Um. Basically, Mark, I think is his name. Um. Has been climbing his whole life, and he's always had this goal of free climbing, which is like basically like just regular climbing up El Capitan not free soloing um and meanwhile Jordan I think has um always I think always wanted to free climb El Cap um so they both come together um Mark I think is at least 60 years old he's really old in the film definitely older yeah he's older and then Jordan is a pretty young guy um and so they both agreed to help each other up the wall um Essentially, this story um, has a lot to do with overcoming really hard challenges and really hard just kind of things that, you know, you usually wouldn't expect to um, encounter while climbing. So, like, I know a big thing is that Mark often has trouble with the um, he decides to go in 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 they do, they do the free rider route, which if you're unfamiliar with the free rider the, with the free rider route on El Cap, it is the most famous route on El Cap. It is also one of the most difficult ones um, and it's actually the one that um, Alex Honnold free soloed, which is a five, yeah. rated 513 on the um, Yosemite Decimal System. And on this route, there are two places where you can kind of go in order to get through the crux, but regardless, they're both cruxes. The first one is the Teflon Corner, um, which is basically kind of like this corner that you shimmy up and it's like a really difficult slab problem because there's no real feet and there's no real holds. This is kind of like using the friction um, to be able to get up it. And the next one is the boulder problem, which I think is slightly more to the right. Um, the boulder problem is a V7, V8 problem in the middle of this giant, <laughs> in the middle of this giant um, 
you know, yeah. piece you're of rock. Pretty high up at that point. Too. Yeah, wow. you're really high up. Um, so in fact, one of the reasons why Alex Honda decided to not do the Teflon corner and do the boulder problem is because he felt as if he didn't do the Teflon corner. He did the enduro corner. So yeah, basically, um, <coughs> they're basically their entire journey is figuring out how the heck they're going to free climb um el cap and it's a really beautiful story where you know this old gentleman you know his entire life his entire dream has been to free climb el cap and he finally gets to do it um obviously no spoilers but you know it's a really emotional story about you know coming to terms with like old age coming to terms with like your body not being able to do things that it used to be able to do um learning the lessons and learning how to kind of take the wisdom of those around you um is a really big thing so that's like the kind of the relationship that jordan and mark have together um it's a really beautiful story and i i love i love it a lot (laughs) yeah i think Mm -hmm. i think what you said was definitely true and i think also it was an interesting story on how you can make relationships in climbing yeah. that mm-hmm. like transcend age boundaries, right? Like mm-hmm. this, the, the one person is above 60 and the other kid is 25. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they still had a very great climbing partnership and friendship that came from this. Um, and I think that kind of alludes to the fact that climbing is just a, a very open and friendly sport and everyone is, is usually in support of anyone um, regardless of, you know, what, where you come from in life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I'm like, Spacey. yeah, I, um, the, the dynamic between an older climber and a newer climber just sounds very interesting. I haven't seen this movie, but like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I've kind of seen it myself where it's just like, you really can make friends with anyone in the climbing yeah. community. Mm-hmm. And, um, like kind of bringing in the new age climber mm-hmm. and with the new techniques with the old age climber yeah the old techniques like that's that's a very interesting mix and mm-hmm. like i i want to say i've seen this at my gym before at home mm-hmm. and it's really interesting there's um a guy that climbs there he's 70 years old jeez and i mean he climbs <laughs> yeah yeah but he is in the best shape ever but mm-hmm. he's like he climbs like V1s, V2s, like nothing yeah. crazy, but like he does it for his health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's climbed. Awesome. Yeah, he he has climbed throughout his life. And it's like seeing him and talking to him is a very cool experience. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I always tell like the older people that come into the gym too, like climbing is one of the best sports, especially for older people. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like talk to your doctor because there are risks of joint injuries and joint pain if definitely. you are dealing with things like arthritis or osteoporosis. Um but it is a really good recreational sport because it engages all of the muscles of your body. Mm-hmm. There are things that can help make it easier. Um, and you don't have to, like, you know, crush. You can just crush what you can and yeah. just get on with it. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's my um, thing. I think the biggest lesson I learned from this is not only that I think one is, like, the relationships that you build with climbers can be really beneficial and beautiful. And I think another lesson that I learned from it, don't be afraid to dream even if it seems out of reach. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always try um, in terms of wanting to reach your goals. Like, for example, me and Emma were talking about this yesterday, but one of my goals is to gra- climb the Grand Teton. Yeah. I'm poor as dirt, but, like, and it costs a lot of money to be able to do that, mm-hmm. but that's one of the goals, you know? Mm-hmm. So don't be ever, don't be afraid to ever try, continue to make those short-term and long-term goals to be able to set yourself up for success. And hopefully one day I'll be making this podcast at the top of Grand Teton. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you will. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then... We have the infamous, the famous, the one and only, the film that everybody. <laughs> have you guys seen? Have you guys seen Free Solo? Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a walk climber. Have you seen that one movie, Free Solo? Do you, do you climb? Do you do outdoors like, like that? Like what he does? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for context, all to all of our listeners, um, I think we have mentioned this running joke within the climate community in a previous episode. Yeah. Um, but given the international acclaim that Jimmy Chin and Alex Honnold have earned from this award-winning documentary about Alex Honnold free soloing free rider mm-hmm. on El Cap, everyone who is anyone knows about the story, uh, you know, non-climbers included. And it is very often for people who are non-climbers in your life to ask if you have seen this movie and specifically ask, do you do that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> when literally less than 1% of the climbing community yes. actually free solos. Um, right. And definitely not to this degree. I don't think I've ever... It's multi-pitch free soloers and then like kind of, you know, single pitch free soloers mm-hmm. are two very different things. Um, I think even the, the, the amount of multi-pitch free solos is probably numbered to like the amount of 
like ligaments that you have like like hands and feet mm. like probably at least no more than 20 i think mm. at Is least that, in our lifetime right now yeah i mean i just wouldn't freestyle in general no um, neither I would, would i, I would but, not. no <laughs> but i mean i think you know this film gets a lot of criticism both positively and negatively yes. on a positive side of things i mean caroline you can even talk about this like mm-hmm. The cinematography and the movie itself is just a very beautiful film. Jimmy oh, Chin and his yeah. wife, um, I think her name's Elizabeth Chivar Saleh or something yes, like correct. that. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very, very talented filmmakers They're, and it was yeah. really beautiful to watch. And I think they did a very good job of telling the story of Alex and why he mm-hmm. wanted to go about this and all the people in his life that was impacted from this decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, on the flip side, it does put a very dangerous side of climbing into the public media spotlight. Yeah. And that might be a good or a bad thing for climbing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I will say this is probably one of, and I'm very critical of unethical films. This is not really an unethical film. They actually talk about it in the film multiple times, how, like, you know, Alex, like, if they were, like, everything that had to do with the filming of the actual free solo event was under Alex's control. Like Alex was allowed to dictate, okay, like, you know, we can set up GoPros here. We can set up mics here. We can do this thing. Like they had a telescope aimed at him, but I don't think at any point, like they had like a, like an actual camera, like following him up until like, he passes like the boulder problem. Mm-hmm. I think after once, cause that was like the hardest problem of the route. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I know they did have someone on the Valley floor. Correct. The whole yes. Thing. No. Yeah. The, I mean um, like someone like, like with the fixed line near him. Okay. Gotcha. Um, it took away the pressure of, you know, Alex having to deal with somebody watching him. And it also took the pressure away from the, whatever camera, camera operator, whether it be Jimmy or one of the, the camera operators, you know, working on the film to, if Alex would fall, mm-hmm. not have to witness that. And that is one of the biggest film, like things that we have to consider as filmmakers in terms of ethics is making sure that, especially in this case, where it's a documentary involving someone's literal life, mm-hmm. you know, having to make sure that there is a real possibility that this person could fall and what are the steps that we want to take to make this situation as least pressure as possible. Right. You and- know? But yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Emma. I think it's it's worth noting that this is an incredibly dangerous form of filmmaking. Uh, not form of filmmaking, sorry. An incredibly dangerous form of climbing. And I'm not the biggest fan of it being in the media because it's so dangerous. Um, I'm, always, I'm always worried that a lot of people are going to get the idea that this is climbing. Mm. And, you know, if you want to be like a, a, a dare chaser or a thrill seeker, then this is what you do. This is not... A lot of free soloers that I've watched have com- stated that like free soloing is completely like a state of like zen and like meditation for them. Um, this is not chasing a thrill. This is not. This is a great way to not a great way to. This is a horrible way to die if you fall. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think it, you can really blame a film for how it's you know perceived by the public as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think again, Jimmy Chin did a great job of even addressing that fact in the movie like they talked about the fact that they were recording this film and Mm -hmm. it it could end poorly like they they addressed that and i think the fact that they addressed that and Mm -hmm. started at least a discussion about it was the right thing to do Mm -hmm. um and i think this just encourages people who want to learn more about climbing to do it in in a in a in a risk managed you know good way rather than you know taking their buddies and going to the nearest cliff at their house right like like go to the gym ask people who your friends who know about the sport more so than jumping right into it yeah um but Mm -hmm. you know popularity is both good and a bad thing yeah and i think that Mm -hmm. is what this film has brought to the community yeah Yeah. definitely i definitely think that like with it being out there as i'm glad that it was talked about obviously in the filmmaking Mm -hmm. process but i do think that in a way it kind of glorifies like this type Mm -hmm. of climate it does yeah which is not necessarily what we Mm -hmm. want for the climbing community Mm -hmm. but at the same time like this was a great feat of strength 100% um, like perseverance like Mm -hmm. there's no reason it shouldn't be talked about but I do wish there was a movie that was of similar quality and experience that was something that was more um, like accurate to what 
a, yeah. a regular climber mm-hmm. does yeah, do. Yeah, the, the day-to-day mm-hmm. climber. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I think, like, th- what you brought up, Macy, too, is a great point. Like, um, I personally, as a film major, study a lot of war movies, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to go into my personal, like, theories on, on war movies, but one of the things that... There are good war movies out there. Like, Top Gun Maverick is a great example. Hacksaw Ridge is a good example. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that makes a, pro- a movie pro-war is the glorification of war right. and heroism. Um you know, one of the things that makes an anti-war movie is the, you know, not the glorification of, you know, heroism, but the, like, the gruesomeness, I guess to put another G word, like, the gruesomeness of war. Yeah. And I think this movie can kind of be, like, viewed in similar ways. Like, this does glorify mm-hmm. the art of free soloing, which is incredibly dangerous and takes so much skill and mastery and just... You just have to be built different. <laughs> so we go through it. Like, but you cannot do this on a whim. Like, you cannot. No. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in the film, like 90% of the film is them going through the grit of learning, you know, how exactly do I do this? How exactly right. do I do that? Alex has an entire book, like a child, like, like composition notebook mm-hmm. on like what, like mapping out his like, moves. Immensely technical. Immensely technical, immensely, you know, skilled work that just requires a different type of human being yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. um and i think you know i think the movies that we kind of just mentioned before you know free as can be uh valley uprising you know um 14 peaks these are examples of films that kind of show the day-to-day climber mm-hmm. i guess nims persia would kind of be an example of this kind of glorification too because a little bit yeah, yeah because he's doing something extremely dangerous like there are Very there dangerous. are hundreds of deaths on for example everest a, mm-hmm. a year you know because of inexperienced climbers and absolutely just, even people just making you know mistakes mm-hmm. you know um but yeah overall i am free solo was the first climbing movie i've ever seen um i am someone who used to follow a lot of the academy awards and the oscars and when i saw some guy in a red t-shirt climbing up a mountain with 2,000 feet in the air. <laughs> I was extremely shocked and I watched the whole thing at least twice right. and I was in love. Like I was just so entranced by the amount of skill and the amount of technicalities and also the beautiful sound design, the beautiful cinematography and the beauty storytelling mm-hmm. that Jimmy Chin and Elizabeth Triversali like go and just go like above and beyond to be able to tell mm-hmm. the story um, even if Alex had died, I believe that they would have made one of the most beautiful films of the of the twenty mm-hmm. first century. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, it was mm-hmm. really beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Climbing mm-hmm. movies are great. Climbing movies are great. Watch oh, a climbing wait, movie. What was the biggest lessons you've probably learned from from free solo? Um, other than don't free solo. <laughs> <laughs> Planning will give you the tools to succeed. Yeah. Do not go into something thinking you know more than you know more than you do. Mm-hmm. Planning gives you the ability to do big things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Planning ahead and, and preparing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I agree with that one for sure. I don't want to contradict myself here, but <laughs> I do. I do want to say that like sometimes taking risk mm-hmm. ends in success. Yeah. So like I I think that had I not gotten over some fears while climbing, I would not be to where I am. Yeah. Definitely. And so like in that aspect i do think it does a good job um Mm -hmm. like most people have this fear but top roping goes up pretty high yeah i get scared sometimes at the top like Mm -hmm. not afraid to admit that yeah but watching this movie i'm like what do i have to be afraid of? yeah exactly (laughs) Um, so it really has helped me just like push through some of those smaller fears um yeah yeah definitely um, I think for me personally, it has to do with like learning how to like love your friends in a way that, you know, because Jimmy Chin and Alex Honnold are pretty good friends, um, but loving your friends in such a way that, you know, you can't really infringe on what they do in life, but rather, you know, give them the tools that they need to be able to mm-hmm. succeed, um, as well as giving them the space to be able to reach the dreams that they want to reach. Like, um, obviously, like I, you know, Emma, like, you know, you, you're going to graduate a year earlier than I do. Mm-hmm. And I think we have, like, obviously have a, good, a really good friendship. But mm-hmm. I think that's a huge part of life that we all have to learn is to, like, learn how to, like, let go and, like, yeah. let people do their things. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's going to be a day where I have to do my own thing. Definitely, um, yeah. You know, I'm going to have to, you know, pay my own bills. I'm going to have to, you know, figure out this podcast and what's going to go on with it after I graduate. But, you know, learning how to, you know, support your friends however you can. Um, giving them the wisdom that they may need in order to to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, like just being there to support them and 
you know, let them do what they, they, they dream of accomplishing. I think that's a great point. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts? Um, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great ride. Mm-hmm. I'll be back in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so... We'll have Emma back. Um, well, not during the summer. We take our we take our hiatus during the summer. Oh, well, I'll be back hiatus. next fall. Yeah, we'll be back. Ta- yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing this show over the summer. <laughs> I may live here. I'm not doing it over the summer. <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, overall, I s- oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say thank you so much yeah, for having me on the show. Of I'm course. very yes, excited. Mm-hmm. Very very excited for next semester. I think definitely. it's gonna be great. Yeah, me too. I'm definitely really excited. Yeah, so, I'll be yeah. listening from Ireland. Woo! Yeah. You better you better you better like oh, market gonna, this show. We're gonna have such a large Irish fan base. By the time <laughs> Oh back. my gosh! Yeah, we're build up tours in Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> live shows. Live like. shows. I would. I dream of doing that one day. That would be sick. Oh mm. my gosh! All right, but yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, so just for a recap um, of this episode, we have Macy now on the show, who's going to be um, our future crag gal. <laughs> um, she is a second year uh, business agriculture business management major um who's going to be <laughs> who's going to be um with us for the spring semester um while emma travels to ireland we talked about the elnaz rakabi update and with her family home being destroyed unfortunately we talked about our week of climbing accident which fig- uh, featured an eight-year-old um breaking several bones after an audible accident um we talked about the eggnog of this podcast our favorite climbing movies as always please follow our social media on twitter and on instagram um and also f- please feel free to follow the penn state um climbing club climbing instagram as well that is psu.club.climbing or is that psu.climbing.club who knows? I think it's, it's psu.climbing.club. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, follow us on there. Um, otherwise, um, see you guys next week for our final um, episode for this season, uh, where Emma and I will be recapping our favorite oh, moments. Right. We do have one more. We do have one I more. I shouldn't have said goodbye yet. Okay, I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Keep Bye. on climbing. Keep on climbing. Rock on.